This is the Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie. This week on the podcast, we're talking with producer, DJ and musician Eamon Ivory, a.k.a. Light.
Gadget in the Cloud with Planet and Jake Rorden with Morning Ritual, the former taken from Sesh FM's new Solidarity compilation. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday via redfm.ie as well as iTunes, Google Podcasts and other audio on-demand platforms. My name is Mike McGrath-Brien and for the next hour or so we're joined in studio by producer... DJ and musician Eamon Avery, better known to local eagle-eyed electronic aficionados as Lyite. Lyite. What's Either is good, to be honest. So, Lyite or Light? So, the name kind of... It comes from this uh, minimalist poem from the 60s by a man called Aaron Saranium. And, like, that has its own really interesting history that we could waste the podcast talking about and its weird litigiousness. But I kind of picked this because to me, like several reasons, it has no fixed pronunciation. And like, that's something I'd get a lot when I was younger and like you'd be finding electronic musicians for the first time and they'd have mad names like Autecker. Well, Autecker is how I've settled on pronouncing their name. Autecker. Autecker. <laughs> Autecker, you know, and it's just kind of that... It leaves people a little bit just like I know you you can't see me when I do that, but like just <laughs> these people have that little stumble, and it's disarming. And I feel like if I'm not too much of a dick about it, it's okay. <laughs> but I mean, you have to keep people on their toes. But um, regardless of your exploits in monikering, you've had an incredibly busy bank holiday weekend in various projects, including the launch party for the aforementioned Sesh FM compilation Solidarity, which goes for a very good cause. Yeah, uh, so I'll just almost I'll just give like a quick timeline of my weekend, which was so I also play in a band Quangadelic as the keyboard player, and during the day we were playing in Spree in Waterford. The Festival Below. Yeah, the Festival Below. Uh, one of the many festivals happening in Waterford over the weekend. I went up, I went down back to Cork, then had to hop on a bus from Cork to Limerick and then just kind of wild around the city without any internet trying to find the venue based on asking locals, which, you know, it's nice. They led me down the right way. So it was a wonderful night in Pharmacia. Another one that always confused me, if it was Pharmacia or Pharmacia, and I think I confirmed over the weekend it was Pharmacia. It was just a wonderful night. A lot of people who were involved in the compilation played, I think, about 11 or 12 different DJs. There was around three or four of us solo, and then uh, Tree Collectives, Wagwan, uh, Riggle and Flood all performed two rooms, and it was crazy like between that and the compilation which we'll get into extra we just like we've already we've really hit our goals for what we want to raise and what we want to achieve with this we'll talk a little bit about the process of putting together the compilation and the end goals a little bit later on but yourself like you've worn a lot of hats over the years and that kind of depth of experience kind of expands all the way back to your formal musical education before we get on to the topic of production and playing in the band, etc. Maybe take us a little bit through your beginnings as a music person, as a musician, and as an academic. Sure thing. Um, I will just say as a caveat to all this, firstly, is whenever I see a producer harping on about how they are like formally trained in piano or like formally trained in an instrument, I immediately I kind of approach it with caution because I'm really used to hearing some of like 
like incredibly generic work after I do that and it always disappoints me that like sometimes I feel people like kind of put that out as a front to maybe add an interest to the music that isn't already apparent there but that said like I I do I I played piano for like I started with piano as a kid and I think it was one of those ones where I was a bit lazy to become like a really really great pianist but I like always really really loved making my own music and just if that was just banging away at the piano making my own tune instead of practicing the one I was handed by the music teacher or just kind of trying to like figure out like getting audacity as a kid or like cracked versions of like things like fruity loops and having those stop and start moments it came to a point like I studied uh, I studied music in UCC which is a bit of like an ethnomusicology program and a lot of my a lot of how I geared myself in college was actually towards performance and composition based modules and I was always really interested in uh, composing in the sense for sort of like contemporary classical ensembles like really weird stuff like stuff that could come out of like traditions such as like Sun Ra or it could come out of Milton or not Milton uh, Morton Feldman and like David Lang Julie Wolfe or just like weird stuff that kind of comes out of like more jazz ensembles like the Weather Report and it kind of came to a point where like you can like do pen and paper music for a while and you start like seeing older like friends or whatever and they're just not getting their music performed as much as they'd like and it just gets really sad or like when you do get it performed it might be by an ensemble that might not be up to the material so it's kind of why I got into more writing for electronic stuff at least I'd have a finished product that if no one listened to at least I could just open up and listen to it that whole process though of going from you know contemporary classical composition transmuting it to you know the modern electronic idiom or multiples thereof and the many kind of shades of grey what was that initial process like of kind of changing that line of thought over and what did you take with you to be honest it's like it's a strange wrangling that I still think I'm wrangling with and I'm probably getting a lot more out of it now even in this the past few months seeing how my workflow is going than I did when I initially was getting into electronic music like all throughout college like I would probably have been trying to like make electronic songs or just like even just songs that not classified necessarily as electronic but just composed on my computer and like Another thing I was working with was with Max MSP, which is more, uh, it's sort of, it's a cross between like a programming language and a sort of uh, like a creative thing. You can use it to make visuals, you can use it to make audio devices, you can use it to make self-playing compositions. And I was just like more while I was learning with Max MSP, I was also learning a lot about just because you'd be looking up examples and you'd be finding out about musicians and composers who are working within this scene and then sort of just kind of opening up to a lot more weirder electronic sounds as finding. We'll discuss Lyite's overall creative process in a little while. But before you had the opportunity to 
kind of get into Lyot properly as a well-rounded musical project, um, you started playing with local like what even can you call them at this stage because there are so many people involved but initially a funk band uh, Quangodelic I call it a cult now uh, it's not that far away from a dis- from a from a description like yeah no um, Quangodelic is just such a fun project so I think like as a teen I wasn't in as many teen bands as some people I like I had a few of them and I think as well when you're like growing up as a teen and you don't see yourself being in those teen bands you're like well I'm goosed for becoming a musician because you think it's sort of like a natural precursor to being a musician when you get into your 20s and beyond that Uh, so Quangadelic was kind of like the first band proper I was playing with live and it's just so fun honestly like like besides just like for confidence of performing in front of people in this sort of context also just kind of like simplifying down what you end up playing like you know you become like Quangadelic is really really weird but at the same time like it's just like sometimes like when like I would be playing keyboard you just have to like and it's still a process I'm getting at where you just want to simplify down what you're playing and yeah like Quangadelic I think over the last few years anyway have become like a really cork thing in the sense that I think we almost have like a weaker internet presence than we do like actually in person which is kind of like a strange thing for bands to have especially with so many of you yeah I think there is a lot of us but a lot of us have a lot of projects you know like mm. Quangadelic really is a lot of our fun thing to kick back and unwind in you know like I wouldn't be doing Quangadelic if I didn't find it really incredibly fun and like you know <laughs> I think I think everyone in it would be just like that. You know, I think that's a good thing. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about passion projects of yours and specifically with Community Vibes. But first, we'll go back to the playlist that you've made for us uh, this evening. We open the show with Kelly Doherty. Uh, Her new song, Planet, is taken from the Solidarity compilation, which we'll discuss toward the end of the show, as well as Jake Reardon's new track, Morning Ritual. Of course, uh, Jake is a collaborator of yours, which brings us nicely to... These two tracks, which are tracks that you've produced in collaboration with others. Uh, we've got yourself as light with Lila Tarando Avileta with Warmth of the One lying next to you. And another collaborative track with producer Knova with Indulgences. Uh, so my collaboration with Lila is unreleased at the moment. It's called Warmth of the One lying next to you. And it's kind of, it's, come, it's a recent track. And it, but it kind of references a lot on the ambient stuff I was doing a lot earlier on. And I think it's a warm track and it you'd consider composed music. I kind of it came around from a keyboard and oboe piece I wrote. And like all the material is drawn from those things and just us working with the audio we created. And as for indulgences or bruises on a broken body to give it its full title to give it its full title that comes from uh, my first official release with Canova from Wicklow and this came out on Australian label sidechains I'll give a quick anecdote we were asked for press photos for we got a premiere in DJ Mag and it kind of went hand in hand with everyone assuming we know each other in person because this like we were two Irish, we are two Irish producers, and it was being 
released on a label across the world, but we had never met each other in person before this track came out, so I hastily photoshopped a few pictures of us together in different, like completely different scenarios, and they were like, okay, and they ended up just using the cover art for the single instead. Now this track is more draws on the sort of music, some like to call it Deconstructed Club, and I'm I'm not not the greatest fan of the term but I like to think there's like a lot more to it I say you can put as much concept as you want behind these tracks but as long as it's a banger that's okay and I hope it's a banger we'll get straight into it so this is Light with Lila Tarando Avioletta with Warmth and One Line next to you and Light with Knava with Indulgences here on Red on Red
Light with Canova with indulgences or bruises on a bro- broken body to give it its full title here on Red on Red. Still joined in studio by Light himself, Eamon Ivory. Eamon, for all your academic background and classical training, you've also been an enthusiastic contributor to the Cork music community. One of your major ventures has been your involvement in community-focused and community-run club night, Diffract, which originally ran out of the Kino and currently runs on a regular basis out of the Roundy. Maybe take us through the circumstances that led to Diffract's foundation and the process of making it a reality. Yeah, so Diffract and like Diffract came about with like initially with like there was there's a few different people. I th- like the first gig in the end was run by uh, myself, uh, Dave McGuire, who still runs events with me, and Podrick Joyce, uh, who DJs as Right Joyce, and he currently runs Out Out. Along with, um, along with his friend, and Defract is myself, Dave, and Ava. Like a lot of this idea of like, like I've seen it before when like maybe I'm talking with somebody, like maybe it's a relative, and they're asking me, "Oh, what do I do?" And I tell them, "Oh, one of the things I do is I run Defract. It's a club night and." you get this grimace when you see club night and before i've tried to kind of go around it and posit it as an audiovisual creative cultural thing which i see it as as well but like here's the thing with club nights is that a club night is like a really genuine way that young people actually interact with culture around them so this idea with this and I think with a lot of different people in the city who run their own nights is that we don't have to cheap ourselves out as young people about the sort of culture we want to consume we can create like these nights ourselves where we either put music that we want to hear or that we put on music that's a little bit odder and serves to challenge while at the same time creating this fun inclusive space where we can just go out and have a few drinks and just hang out with friends like a lot of diffract early on was sort of held in byob spaces and as these things go on you make compromises and like they're not necessarily bad compromises like we've ran a few events in plugged the roundy and those have always been fun like you know we like their sort of ethos as well and i suppose there's no real fixed venue or timing of when it will happen as these things just tend to I think when it does happen it's just at opportune moments for ourselves we're like and then I suppose the sort of the ethos with the music is like with each of those nights we sort of like look to create curate curate a vibe we had no like real limits on any sort of genre but we tend to kind of like put on music we feel is not being catered for as much and we just try and build up the nights around that like last night we had actually um pat from quangadelic perform as his dj alias going from everything from like 
craftwork deep cuts to just all sorts of like jungle and stuff that he grew up with. And another night we would have had built it around Ooze, uh, the live electronic 3-0 from Cork. Are they still going? Nobody knows. Yeah, we just wanted to and want to make this sort of space for people where they can just enjoy their night out. In terms of grabbing the narrative and kind of writing it in your own regard, which is what DIY nights like Diffract, like Out Out, and like a lot of other um, DIY promoters in other genres have in mind, um, you're confronted with the realities of the city around you changing. And, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, how culture creates a city, how culture makes a city and forms its identity. Yet the physical spaces around us are being pulled in the opposite direction where it's, you know, towards expansion of the city or gentrification and so forth. And that's had a knock-on effect on community art centres, like the BYOB spaces that you would have dealt with, yeah. uh, as well as not the not the licensed venues that you've dealt with because a lot of those have been kind of holdouts. But just what would have been your take on urban expansion and gentrification that's happening in Cork City? How does Cork nightlife kind of react to it in terms of counterculture or alternative spaces yeah i think it's an i think it's an interesting one i'll just say on the topic of like writing the narrative ourselves i think we all are very much aware of the realities of what's happening us around us and it really does feel like you're screaming into a void sometimes when you're trying to run these things mm. it's gonna I, I feel like it's gonna come to a point and it does all the time. It feels like a point where like people who really create something really weird and out there are just going to kind of give up on Cork. They go to Europe and they make their names out there. And this is not just Cork, but I think Ireland in general, because I think like it comes like Hangar just closed up in Dublin now. And that's like another very, very sad event. And it just I think a lot of people just feel it's typical of where the country is going and like Cork does have some really kind of nice little beacons going on, uh, Dali just opened up within the city and it's great to see a club that wants to put on the more fringy elements of techno starting up but these feel like one step forward when the city itself frequently just wants to take two to three steps back artists are getting just like the buildings they've been put into as temporary caretakers, it feels like. Which is the process of gentrification all over the world. Yeah. And it just feels like, it feels like this kind of recent, we'll call it a semi-boom, just feels so sad. Like I, I've talked to people who are just like, can't wait for the next economic downturn so we can be given cheap artist spaces again. And like, that's just <laughs> so sad that we're going to see the cycle perpetuate itself. But with your own knowledge of the personalities and the spaces and the kind of the the contours of the city physically, what can we do as artists and as facilitators in your mind to kind of counteract that or counterman man that? What is the next step for, for us as a community? I used to think that, like, I used to think that it was to keep your head up and keep running gigs because these things happen in cycles and to an extent that's true these things do happen in cycles and there's going to be a period where it's going to be really easy for us all to throw gigs on again but what didn't change was the fact that like we as promoters we as artists took that time where we were absolutely just like run into the ground and that just kind of leaves scars on you 
And here's the thing. I honestly think the best thing that us as Cork artists can do, as sad as to say, we can we can do two things. We can try and affect change locally, and that is can be like an incredibly taxing process where once again it feels like you're screaming into the void, you're demanding better venues. Perhaps like one thing like across the country and it doesn't even feel like it's the primary argument down here in Cork anymore is like we have crazy early closing times which is like a big issue for nightlife and like that to me I wish that was like the main struggle but down here sometimes it feels like the main struggle is having a place that will even let you put on a weird gig until 1am as opposed to 6am you know and the other thing I think we can do to keep your head above water, I think if you're an artist, you should put your work out there and you should put your work out there on a European level. And there's nothing like stopping you getting on a Ryanair flight and playing a gig in Amsterdam. And then Cork, like people might go, hey, that guy or that girl, they've playing all around Europe. We'll finally book them in on our local place and take a risk on them, you know? You have to go away and come back. You do have to go away and come back. We talked a little bit earlier about your creative processes then as Light, and it's into this kind of atmosphere of uncertainty that your music has, by and large, begun entering people's ears. How has your experience then as a participant in Cork's nightlife culture informed your work on a creative level? So I'd like to give... A massive shout out to, we're going to get to them in a bit, the two tracks we're about to play uh, come from a local court collective that I feel doesn't get enough love locally, but like I'm seeing their members and now they're like playing warehouse shows over in London, uh, Flood, which are Sin, Tension and Doubt. We have a track that's coming up from Sin and a track coming up from Tension. Sin with Kai and Tension with On Call. On Call. And these tracks... These, these are also from uh, the Solidarity uh, Volume 1 and they kind of serve to showcase this incredibly percussive in, I won't say it's aggressive it's just very pointed dance music and the genre that is sometimes thrown around semi-seriously is called Hard Drum and I suppose these two tracks are examples of hard drum. When we come back, we'll talk about the Solidarity compilation in detail, available for download and streaming now. These are two tracks from it. Sin with Koi and Tension with On Call here on Red On Red.
Attention with On Call here on Red On Red, taken from the Solidarity Volume 1 compilation released by Sesh FM. This past week, we're still joined in studio by producer Eamon Ivry, a.k.a. Lyot, who appears on the compilation and has been front and centre in promoting it, including the launch this past weekend in Limerick. It's a very important release that has already generated a huge amount of goodwill in Ireland's electronic music community and beyond. Take us through the concept and realisation of Solidarity, who came to who first and how it kind of built from there. As you might know, Sesh FM is the music branch of the Humans of the Sesh meme page. And I don't know if you as a listener who I'm talking to right now follows them. The Humans of the Sesh are a meme page, but you can like really see through their posts that they do care a lot about a lot of social issues, LGBT rights, trans rights, workers' rights, and various other solidarity causes. And so there was already one Sesh FM compilation, and that was just more to, I suppose, put on friends, if that makes sense, you know? Like, I think the guys saw they had, like, a lot of friends who make a lot of good music and they're like hey we got this meme page we might as well have a music page so we can throw up mixes on and we can help friends put stuff out and that was a lot of fun this one though I think like Solidarity Volume 1 came about uh, Sil not Sin Sil uh, who produces as Medjus we'll hear one of their tracks in the next segment but they really wanted to it was kind of their spark to do a compilation together for Palestine. Charities we settled on were IPSC, uh, the Irish-Palestinian Solidarity Campaign, and Adamir in Palestine, which helped provide aid to Palestinians. And we just wanted to... Like, a lot of us are... We'd like to at least think of ourselves as very socially conscious people, and we all operate in electronic music, which a lot of us at least are aware is something that comes from very socially conscious movements like a lot of gay black culture in America and just a lot of displaced peoples and a lot of minorities and groups like even when we play and when we create and when we throw nights the idea is usually about running very inclusive nights and that in itself is a social endeavour providing a place where everyone can feel wanted and welcome we just wanted this to be like we can't all the time we can't make every one of our releases a charity thing we can't make everything we do because like a lot of us maybe if not like producing music directly want to operate within the creative arts as a career but at the same time we do want to try and like satiate the part of ourselves that wants to help out and so doing it under solidarity volume one really was a great thing because there was like instead of just one person force it like you know instead of just yourself forcing yourself to do something all of a sudden there's 20 people involved making tracks and you kind of like build off this group energy and here's the thing we put this out and we ask like a five euro to purchase it all of which goes towards these charities and here's the thing it's 20 bangers like i can honestly say that like everyone pushed themselves so hard to make tracks you've heard what we're playing here today already and like you're just getting 
like it's just so fun to just put out 20 great songs for charity and then we ran the night as well in conjunction with it down in Pharmacia in Limerick and that was just wild to see everyone come together to put this on organising sound systems getting the venue just putting it like every like people were travelling like we had like one one of the people uh, he's on the compilation of Strokes he came down from Sligo and like it's just like I came like a lot of us came from Cork we had the Riggle crew come down from Dublin go back the same night and we're doing this like we're eating the costs ourselves just to put this thing on and it was I like look we've already raised money into like four figures for these charities between the compilation and the night and hopefully we'll raise a lot more obviously with so much different talent converging on one location and in a location that's hot right now in terms of the arts even if that's now becoming under threat with the rental crisis what was the reaction like on the ground in Limerick and I suppose what was discussion regarding the work of IPSC and Adamir which obviously isn't always going to function highly in conversation in a nightclub specifically but again going back to that conscientiousness that informs so much of your work as well as a lot of nightclub culture in general it was an absolutely fantastic night as for conversation on the night I think a lot of people who came, like, there was a mix of people who were coming out for a good night out, who saw maybe some of the names on the lineup and wanted to come out to have a boogie. And there were some people who might not even be into that sort of music, but really support the solidarity causes with Palestine and just came out to show face. It was just, like, it was bopping, like, you know, it was just seeing so many people dancing to flood upstairs was such a great feeling, like, you know. Like, that was after I DJed earlier in the night. And, like, you know, it wasn't, like, a kind of, like, a people coming to show face thing just at the end of the day. Like, a lot of people just really, like, engaged with the sort of night we put on and really enjoyed themselves. Uh, Like, representatives of, like, the IPSC came along and I, just from, like, bopping around and, like, going into the smoking air times, like, I mean, it comes along up sometimes. I don't think there was too much, like active conversation on the night because I think a lot of people here agreed with the cause and at the same time recognized hey we're out having fun it's a nightclub you don't always have to be on 100% of the time with this you know cause I'm here I've supported it and now I'm having a good time Pharmacia I don't know if there's anywhere really like it in Cork at the moment like it kind of has the aesthetic of the Brogue seven years ago but they put on like weird live music you know I don't I don't really remember that too much the Brogue maybe nine or ten years ago. Nine or ten years ago, we'll say. Even. Yeah. I'd read a lot about them just online. Like, you see Friends gigs and, like, I remember seeing Dan Walsh's jazz band would play there, like, Fixity. So, like... And they'd be put on by a punk collective. By a punk collective, exactly. Like, so I suppose when I was coming in, like, this place to me just really struck me as something that's willing to do, like, weird things. Like, look, it's a bar. It makes its business. It has to do all that but it still wants to kind of like put on fun stuff or at least give people the opportunity to put on fun and risky stuff and that's what happened I suppose when we came down they took a risk to leave us do this thing and it was just really great for everyone involved Two more tracks taken from the compilation coming up you mentioned Megis earlier and we got a track here from them called Abir as well as James O'Connell's um, Beats Project Number Theory with Pilgrimage So yeah Medjus with a beer. Medjus is Sil, and he put in really. He was kind of a lot of the spark for like 
he'll say himself if you ask him it was a collective effort and it was a collective effort but he really kind of like was the linchpin in getting all this stuff together and kind of driving us to get this one done and his track kind of harkens back to dubstep actually and it was so strange there's about like three or four tracks that harken back to like really older dubstep not so much the skrillex bro step but like the more deep stuff from that like, was coming out of the uk medjus's track it like comes back to that it's very creative just has some beautiful melodies throughout it and james's number theory like i think he'd say himself he puts himself forward as a dj more than a producer and he's an absolutely amazing dj but this track of his just was like i was i was blown away when i heard it like it was one of the it was such a highlight for me just to hear him like i said this earlier everyone sort of exceeded their own expectations and this track is just so up there for me with them we're about to get a taster of the standard that you can expect from the Solidarity Volume 1 compilation. This is Megis with a beer and number theory with Pilgrimage here on Red on Red. Because we are human beings, sometimes you think, if I kill the killer, or anyone from the other side, from the Israelis, or maybe 10, this will give me back my daughter.
number theory with pilgrimage here on red on red just before we wrap up for this episode Eamon you know we've we've talked a lot about the motivations and the launch behind the compilation we've talked a lot about your activities you're kind of reaching a bit of a quiet period now as everyone is toward the end of the summer after a rake of gigs but what's on the horizon for yourself uh, as the weeks and months roll by there's a few things I'm working on now uh, I'm getting into more kind of like band centering around my electronic music with um, say with Jake we have a band called Momputer which is sort of like psychedelic ambient boards of Canada-esque stuff and we also have a band uh, me Jake and Alex the guitarist from Talos are sort of a punky electronic techno band called Guy Holes Please to explain uh, the origins of that name. No. Uh, <laughs> it's guy holes. It's like the holes that guys have, but like that's not important. Like what's important is it's really fun music. And so we're probably going to be writing for that. I have a project with my friend Chloe Tetro uh, called Black Smoke. And like all of these things are sort of, if you hit me up about them, I'll probably like send you a recording, but and there'll be like gigs happening for them hopefully like sporadically I've become quite careful with the sort of gigs I want to play so it just has to be like the right thing and as for uh, Lyite I'm making tracks I have like a few things coming out on different various compilations around the place and I'm just sort of building up my material and thinking about like what those what does a solo release want to, like what do I want a solo release to say and how do I want to put it out and hopefully I'm going to be playing some shows around the place nothing confirmed yet but I hope I want to go towards there's some friends talking like in Amsterdam who want to put on a show on the bill and you know it's just these things you hop on a Ryanair you have your laptop and it's like very easy as a solo artist to do that and other than that I suppose you can find the music I already care to show to the public up on either my SoundCloud which is L-I-G-H-G-H-T there's no official pronunciation but there is a spelling and um, I think you can get my EP on Spotify no I'm pretty sure you can get the EP I had with Canova out on Spotify if you care to listen to uh, concept heavy bangers to do with uh, transhumanism and body modifications Concept Bangers is the genre of music I want to make for the rest of my life. That about wraps it up for this week's episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from redfm.ie. Thank you very much to Eamon for coming into us this evening. He's making the uh, namaste gesture to the microphone there. I am not making the namaste gesture, I'm just celebrating. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe, leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts and other audio on-demand platforms. Please share this on your social media and make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen into Green on Red on Sunday nights for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM 104 to 106. Eamon, you're leaving us with another track of yours uh, under the light name. This is Rave Tracks. This is Rave Tracks. This one also has a fun spelling for people to struggle over. 
but I hope it's like a really enjoyable song and you can find this on the Solidarity Volume 1 compilation. Taken from the Solidarity Volume 1 compilation in aid of IPSC and Adamir, available now on Bandcamp. This is Light with Rave Tracks. This has been Red on Red and we'll talk to you next week.
Red on Red. This week on the podcast, we're talking with producer, DJ, and musician Eamon Avery, aka Lyre. Like, <laughs> <laughs> off.